Welcome to Realities, a blog turned podcast about the realities of life, what's trending, being a mom and a wife, family, career, and everything in between. So we talk about a little bit of everything. We are um, starting out December with domestic violence. I know that um, typically October is domestic violence month um, or domestic violence awareness month, Um, but realities, we don't necessarily stick to the program of everyone else. So we felt um, the need to um, talk about domestic violence in December. Um, Specifically, you know, we're coming to the end of the year. Um, We've had COVID this year. Um, I know that at the beginning of when COVID first started, um, they talked a lot about domestic violence increasing due to you know, stay-at-home orders and people having to stay at home a lot. So um, that was that was one big um, reason why we also wanted to add this to this year's podcast. Um, and so we do have some guests with us that are going to um, shed some light on their perspectives, um, their realities when it comes to domestic violence. So I'll let them introduce themselves. So my name is Jameer. Um... I am a mother of seven children. Um, I was married for, or with my husband for, I don't know, 10 years. And um, we, we suffered, <laughs> our family suffered from domestic abuse. Um, so now what I'm doing is I'm, re- I'm changing everything up. <laughs> and um, as a result of that, it pulls out a lot of the issues that have built me as a survivor of, of domestic abuse. And so um, I come from different perspectives. I have a blog, I, I have a business, I have just different things that I do, um, but I, I feel like I can shed a little bit of light on the issue because I have gone through it myself. So well, I hope that's enough. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's great. Hi, so my name is Monica, um, and I come tonight um, just seeking clarity. Um, I often um, wonder um, my contribution to the toxic relationships that I've been involved in, and um, I have a overarching question of, am I a domestic abuser? That's interesting. Josh? Hey everyone, I'm Jocelyn. I am a domestic violence survivor as well. Um, I just started speaking about, um, I am definitely, it took me um, a few years to um, heal. And I, I uh, this year I became um I trusted myself enough to start talking about my healing process um, in my current role as a council member in the town of Bladensburg. Um, I hosted a candlelight visual um, in October where I shared my story. And um, so when Ray asked me to speak, I was like, oh yeah, this is (laughs) absolutely, yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's one thing to go through the abuse and then it's one thing to undergo treatment and re um, 
reclassifying yourself as a woman, as a human, as a mother, but then it's another one to move from victim to survivor. And I was a victim for a lot of years. Um, so I'm now proud to say I'm a survivor. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I'm going to start off with um, what is domestic violence? Like I said, um, we was chatting before we started. Um, I think there's um, different meanings or different thoughts, I'll say, behind what actually domestic violence is. A lot of people think that domestic violence is, you know, a woman being the victim when a lot of times it could be a man being a victim as well. Um, we, you know, women, we're human too, and we can um, be the aggressor as well. So um, I think that it definitely is, um, light is shed more on a woman being the victim than a man. Um, so I would definitely say we will, we're gonna kind of talk about that as well. We don't want to have our guys out here feeling like, dang, oh yeah, I'll talk about is what the women goes through. <laughs> so we definitely want to talk about the guy, but domestic violence as um, a, you know, what is it? Um, it's that violent or aggressive behavior within the home, um, typically involving the violent abuse of a spouse or a partner. Um, and that's, you know, that dictionary term, the dictionary um thought of what domestic violence is. Um, also, we just want to make sure that if there's anyone that is listening and they are um, a current victim of abuse, feel as though, you know, they're abused or have questions, we want them to definitely um, make sure that they know that they can reach out. You can reach out to any one of us, um, but also reach out to, you know, family and friends. Um, there's a national domestic violence hotline that offers support and resources and advice for your safety also. I know a lot of times people aren't um, just open with reaching out to family and friends, although most of the time we kind of figure out what's going on or we have some kind of thought of what's going on, but there are um, resources out there for you. Um, like I said, the National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-SAFE, which 7233 is the ending. So definitely wanted to make sure we put that out there so that um, those who are um, victims can have a safe resource to reach out to. All right. So let's start with just, you know, there are, in my research, there have been, I've, I've always known it to be like that, that emotional and physical um, domestic violence, but I've also learned that it's actually five types of domestic violence. Did y'all know that? I, I, I really had no idea. Um, yeah, it's five. Yeah, so it's, and I'm, of course, y'all know I'd be writing my notes, but it's physical, emotional, sexual, financial, and psychological. And so I just, I think we always kind of group those together. So like the sexual with the physical, but it's, it's separate because, you know, you can be battered without being, you know, it, without it being sexual. So they, they kind of separate it and um, domestic violence is a crime. I mean, in some states I was researching, it's not as um, the, the ramifications of it or, or, you know, the legalities of it isn't as strong as other states but it's still it's still a a crime so 
in your opinion, can my first question to you all is, can men be a victim? Like, can a man be a victim of domestic so, violence? Do we just chime in or are oh, yeah, you go ahead. In yep. order? Or, no, no, no. <laughs> we, we just, we just, so, yep. Okay. So I, one thing that I would say that I think is important to point out, um, like, I feel like a lot of times we use the term domestic violence and domestic abuse interchangeably, but I think that they mean a little bit different. Like, I think that domestic abuse is, is like, cause vi- everybody is not beat. You know what I mean? Like right. mm-hmm. people look at violence, like, oh, well you had to, you must've done something physically, but abuse is not necessarily um, physical. It could be anything that is, I mean, the, t- the definition of abuse is to mistreat anything, you know? Exactly. So in the domestic situation, when you mistreat someone in a home, that's domestic abuse. And that can be anything. That can be like telling a person that they're ugly when they're beautiful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just misuse. And so I definitely feel like men, honestly, I feel like sometimes it men are easier targets or easier victims <laughs> for domestic abuse because they're not really allowed to, men are always allowed to have a, an opinion, have a, like, they're not allowed to get passionate a lot of times, especially in the African-American community about anything. And so right. definitely men end up being victims of domestic abuse. Um, I think that women get to say it more because we're, we're the weaker vessel. So like, it's, if you punch me, I'm like, obviously you don't get to punch me, but if I punch a man, <laughs> people right. don't look at that as being as bad, you know what I mean? But the punch is not really the, the, the punch is not the offense, mm-hmm. any type of abuse. Anytime you treat me like something that I'm not, that's abuse. <laughs> and so Definitely, I think men can be abused. And I also think that we need to kind of define more what, like, what is, what is this, like, what is this thing? It's not just violence. What, like, what is the abuse? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So I, I, I agree. I also think that with men, it's more, it looks more, it looks a lot different. It looks like power and control. Mm-hmm. Um, where, when a woman has control over a man so maybe that's psychological um but I I mean I'm a strong believer too that all domestic violence begins with that that control aspect Mm -hmm. um you know hindsight is 2020 so me looking back that's how my ex-husband got me Mm -hmm. he was definitely controlling um controlling with the money controlling with what I what the look he wanted me to portray controlling with um who I kept around me um and so the more and more I grew as a woman and as I grew as a mother it was shocking I think for him um, I'm not gonna lie, there's sometimes where you know I punch back. <laughs> so yeah, he got abused too. Yeah. But it was only because he punched me first. So is that abuse or is that self-defense? Right. That's definitely yeah. defense. Yeah, that's self-defense. I mean, in our in our eyes, it's self-defense. Get first. 
What do you think? I mean, but you know, if, you, if you ask him, you know, because right. we got two beautiful boys. If you ask him, the story is it didn't happen and she hit me back. I think that so, that's, that's one of the most hurtful things for me is that I covered my husband so much. Like he would beat me up and then, you know, you go in the room, but it's like, when I decide to get away and decide I'm not going to take that anymore, now all of a sudden, like all the time apologize to me, now those things aren't, those apologies aren't real and none of that stuff ever happened. And so it's kind of like when I got out of the situation and realized like, this is not my friend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he doesn't care anything about how life really affects me. And he never did. Like, I remember he used to always say, you don't know how important it is to me that I can look at you and see that you're breathing. And I realized that like to be breathing is just literally to be alive. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like he didn't care if I was smiling. He didn't care if I was vibing. He didn't care about if I was happy or good as long as I was still alive and available to him. And mm -hmm. so I think that that's, that's another part of the abuse that, you know, is you know, cause you can look at a person who just has control issues because like, maybe they just have always been dealt a bad hand, bad hand in life. So they just want to control things. That's not necessarily an abuser. But when that control is just about how, how you benefit their life, like that's a, that's a key sign. When it's real <laughs> you know extreme I mean? like, control, we mm -hmm. Houston, we mm -hmm. got a problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I agree. Mm -hmm. Jocelyn and Shamir brought up some really good points for me it was kind of i was over here like ooh, that's hitting home um the control piece um someone asked me why my marriage ended um and i said because he wanted to control me and i'm not easily controlled like that's what i came up with in the end of everything trying to go through it um and i thought it was just personality you know differences um but it's the truth and then i'm not easily controlled so I don't think that I go out intending to harm people or say hurtful things or be manipulative. It's, a, it's often a defense mechanism for me if something is happening to me. Um, so I definitely had some offenses within our marriage, but it never was, it, it was never unprovoked. Um, and I'm not justifying what happened. I'm just saying I'm not a spiteful, hurtful, abusive person by nature, um, but I can tend to resort to those tactics when I feel um, that I need to defend myself or if I feel attacked. Um, and I don't want to be like that. Um, and so as I grow and mature, it's important for me to make sure that I don't align myself with people that can trigger that in me while I'm still working on overcoming it, you know, um, because it's very few people in my 36 years of living that can trigger that for me. Um, and so I had just have to be more wise and more cautious with my steps to just not be involved with people who don't care enough about my spirit to help me protect my peace. Um, so again, I do know that I participated in some abusive practices in my, in my years of dating and marriage, um, but I did not want to be that way. And I strive to never be like that again, but I think it's gonna have to start with me not aligning myself with people that can bring that out of me. Yeah. 
So my question, um, I, um, previously you, you said there were five types of abuse. So of course we all know about the, the physical, the sexual, um, the emotional, I'm missing one. Mental. Mental, no, thank you. Yeah. And, but the financial part, I had, I've never known anything about that. So it, does anybody know what that looks like? Because girl, yeah. girl, I know what it looks like. <laughs> like okay, go ahead, girl. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so there was a point in my marriage where I knew I was being physically abused, psychologically abused. And I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed because here I am, a young girl working in a jail, got a good government job, okay, working in a field of human services, specifically social work. This cannot have happened to me. And it wasn't until I pushed back, like, where my whole bank account, like, the money I worked hard for was automatically gone because he knew I had just purchased a new home, you know, us together, but my name was on everything. Okay. Cause I had the, I, I, I had the job, I had the money. So let me paint the picture. So, you know, uh, we, you know, we purchased our first home. We're going to put it in your name because you got the more money. Okay. All right. Key, key, key. Okay. Then we go out and it was the van he wanted me to have. A van? Like, I am a fly woman. <laughs> when I was driving that van, I was like, hey, bro, how did I get a van? Like a van? Like a minivan? But it I wasn't. Had- Ain't it nothing cute about that, huh? I'm about to say, yeah, I remember, that, I remember that van now. I did remember You that. remember that Odyssey? <laughs> she remember Odyssey. But the Odyssey was in my name. You know, I had no choice whatsoever about anything. And so it was when I started to even think, I would get told, like, you ain't going to go nowhere. You don't have no support. You don't have no family. My bank account will get swiped out, all the money will go into his account. And then, well, how you gonna pay the bills? How you gonna pay that? You know, cause I'm concerned about my credit and everything else. How you gonna pay that, that, you know, that new van note? Well, I ain't even want that van. So that can come <laughs> take it, bro. But I wanted my house and I knew that this wasn't gonna be my first stop. And I was so worried about my credit scoring. Cause you know, you know, when you go to those first time home buyer classes, they educating you on your, you know, your credit and how, you know, what not to do. And so I ain't wanna miss no payments, you know? Like, so then I had to really think, all right, I got a baby who gotta go to daycare. I got an abusive husband and I got all these bills in my name. Bruh, I gotta stay. That's what financial abuse looks like. Mm-hmm. So that's one part of it. Um, the with me, um, my husband would literally reach in my pocket and take my money out of my pocket. Like he would 
hug me and pretend like he was embracing me and and like and run my pockets <laughs> like i didn't i was not a, i did not have money anywhere like i literally would open up accounts that he didn't know anything about or have a, like i would give my money to my friends to hold for me because he would not even be tricky about it it was like you're mine <laughs> and i don't feel like you need to have this money or i need it for something so you're gonna give it to me and you're going to be happy about giving it to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And if you frown, then we can fight. Or if you like if or, you know, I grew I grew up in church. And, you know, the reason I was even married is because I didn't want to go to hell <laughs> for having sex. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, like he controlled me with that because then it was, oh, so what are you going to do? You, you're going to leave me and and be shunned by the church. And, you know, it was everything that was my life. He made sure to to position it a certain way so that I saw it like I needed I needed to have him in order to make my life go the way it was supposed to like you said about you know you, you knew you had your credit you know you, you had to you know you have your band payment you have to take care of that stuff mm-hmm. I was always trying to make sure that we looked apart because that was important to my family but it was I needed to have money to do that and so he would just take it and which made me always look like I was the one that was making us fail we have six children together so it was like and she always pregnant mind you he wouldn't allow birth control (laughs) but every time I got pregnant the story was you know well she she just wants to have babies all the time she just wants to lay around and have kids you know so it the the financial abuse is it can I think it can go you know you can start with credit it can end with like I said he literally would just take my money out my pockets right I I just felt like I didn't have any hiding places but ultimately it's still just about like you as the whether you are the male or the woman because I have a cousin who I who goes through the same thing with his wife with his girlfriend um whether you're the man or the woman that other person only like your only purpose to them is like it's it's about what you can do for them so your money is theirs. Your financial status is theirs. Like whatever you're cute is because of them. If you're like whatever it is, that is like you said the the image was important. Like everything that you do is about them. That's what the financial part looks like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would go and do some. I do hair on the side. I would go do somebody's hair, and I would be like, well, I would do the hair so that I could go and do something specifically because he kept my money tied up. He would meet me at the place I did the hair and take the money on the way out the door. <laughs> like, oh, I needed that, you know? Um, there was one time when I was working um, at a middle school and he and he knew it was payday. And so he came by to ask for my check. And I'm like, yeah, no, we got bills to pay. <laughs> you know, I'm pregnant with my first son and I'm trying to do what's right. Like you said, I'm a young girl. I got a government job. Like I'm trying to do what's right. I'm trying to take care of my family. And I wouldn't give him this money that he claimed he needed to buy his mom a Redskins jersey, <laughs> which wasn't necessary for our household. And because I wouldn't give it to him, I'm eight months pregnant, he gets out of the car and pushes me down the hill of this, like this, this hill. I'm eight months pregnant and I fall right on my stomach. And it's because I would not give him my paycheck. Not because I really did. I mean, I did tell him no, which that's not allowed. But because I wouldn't give him my money. Like I'm, you're, as, as a survivor i mean as a as a a victim of abuse you just don't you don't have any rights whatever you have is theirs so it doesn't matter if it's your body your money your whatever it is it belongs to them 
going to say, I would add that, and this is, I'm just going off of, like I said, just researching what each one meant. Um, it's also just not having access to like financial documents, not knowing what's happening in, in, in your, your marriage or in your relationship financially. Um, and it could be just like um, Shamir and Josh said, you know, not having the, the, the knowledge at that time of, okay, how is this affecting me or will affect me in the future financially? Like if I'm purchasing all of these cars and stuff in my name and I say that, um, you know, just having people around me that, you know, we, that I see these things happening with, um, of course, you know, that's something else where, you know, a person not knowing if they're being, if they're a current victim of domestic violence, because they're, in their mind, it's, I'm not getting, no one's being physical, no one's being violent towards me, but to how Josh said, you know, you have everything in your name and it's whatever I say you do. It's when I say you do it, your money comes into this account and I control this account. That's that financial abuse. That's, that's, you know, from the bookshelf, the dictionary meaning of it to just, you know, seeing it and, and, and seeing how people around me have and are currently living in their situations. It's like, okay, wow, that this is what this is. Cause like we said, we didn't know. I didn't know. I don't know if you guys knew that it was that many. I thought always just thought of physical abuse and emotional abuse. Honestly, I didn't think of it past that. So yeah. So what, a, oh, go ahead, G. No, I was just saying, wow. So what about, um, they say physiological, not psych, I say psychological, but physiological and emotional um, abuse. And of course, we all understand the emotional part, but what are your thoughts when it comes to the physiological or psychological abuse? I kind of felt like those kind of went hand in hand. They were the same thing. But, you know, there's from, from, where I got my information from, it's saying, you know, that emotional violence is someone always yelling at you, controlling what you do, threatening you, um, involving actions designed to destroy yourself, your sense of self-respect. And then the physiological one is they're causing the victim fear and trauma, humiliation, withholding information or isolating you from your family and friends. I kind of feel like that's still the same thing although they're considering it to be separate, but what are your what are your thoughts behind, you know, each one? It's a physical, emotional, sexual, financial, like what are you, what are your thoughts behind it? Well, I mean, they do go hand in hand, but they are distinctly different. Um in my story, I am originally from Los Angeles, California. So I came out here to go to the Howard University. And um, I really didn't have family, you know, here. So, you know, I didn't have like a Uncle Bobo, I could say, hey, um, mm -hmm. he need to get dealt with. So knowing and using that as a control tactic was 
the psycho the, the the physiological like the isolation like no nah, you ain't going out tonight or you know hey you know we we had an infant at the time um when i'm i'm recalling this incident in my head um i was like hey you know people at the job or going out for happy hour i kind of really want to go he was like well who you gonna get to babysit because you know i work boo you got a whole month that can definitely watch our baby like what are you talking about you know and so it was like well you just going like well who you gonna get to watch our baby like you don't got nobody, you know, so it's, um, there are distinctly different, but they definitely play off of one another. Um, I, I, I can recall many, many different conversations where I would get physically abused and then he would come back and like shower me with gifts and praises and like, you the best, like, you're so smart, you're so pretty and like shower me with gifts. And I'm like, dude, you just like beat me last night. Like, dog, are you serious? And then it was like, but I love you. You're like my wife. And like, we're going to get through this together. I'm going to go get some help. And it's, you know, so then you like, okay, like, all right. Yeah, like, it's not going to happen again. So it's, it's, it's also those mind games that very keen people know how to play. Um, but it wasn't until I woke up. <laughs> actually watching a lifetime movie i was like dude i'm about to be dead in this house if i don't make a plan and get the freak out of here i think that um what you're saying is right about the um you know each part is different but each part is connected mm-hmm. and when you look at a person that's in a situation of domestic abuse which is why it's so hard to get out of it there's so many layers like, I didn't even con- consider the fact that every time he told me I didn't have family, that was really a part of him making me know I couldn't leave him. <laughs> like, I literally, when you said that, that just was like, oh my God, that's how he got me. <laughs> like, that's really how, because I, 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 we grew up, I mean, we lived in the city where my family is, but I still couldn't get away because the, the goal of the abuser is to really, really make his victim feel like, his or her victim feel like, they don't have anything else outside of them. (laughs) You know, like I remember one time we had a conversation and he literally was like, listen, the quicker you realize that your life is about me and these kids, the the happier you'll be. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) Like, like I'm sitting there looking at him say this to me and I'm like, he really believes this. Like in his heart, he really truly believes it. Um, And I, and I'm like, this, what? (laughs) Like, what there's no way in the world that you like monica said i'm not easily controlled so mm-hmm. it's like he had to work hard you know what i mean like there was so much like you know one of my biggest issues was i my mom well my mom we, we i was raised in church and my mom was like mother Teresa, and so she believed that he was a good husband and and that I just needed to chill out and dress better and not make him angry and not go mm-hmm. to work and, you know, do all the things that he wanted me to do. And so while she was alive, I entertained that for a long time. So it was like, so it was so many pieces of my life that just reconfirmed to me that that was the only place I could go. And it, he wasn't oblivious to what I was. He knew what he was doing. I didn't know that I was 
in a relationship with a person who was continuing to create a react the reality that they wanted for me i thought i was in a relationship with a regular person you know and we're like building together and sometimes i hurt his feelings and sometimes he hurts my feelings and then sometimes we forgive each other and we move on and we grow like regular people but it was never like a even playing ground like it was never fair he was always like he he didn't love me any more than i loved him you know what i mean like he was always planning how to keep me in bondage so that's how like when you look at all five pieces there's i don't know like there's almost no it's really really hard to to be able to identify all those things for yourself you need somebody on the outside to be like hello like did you hear that he just said that to you right <laughs> what do you like i had a friend that um he her husband would he would rape her in her sleep and his response to her when she finally realized that that was what was going on was well I didn't cheat on you (laughs) and it's kind of like you would make me feel like it's my fault because you I didn't give it to you it's my fault because I literally am only here for your purpose like for whatever makes you happy so but what happens but what happens when you have that person, like they see that you're, you know, oh girl, did you hear what he say it to you? I mean, how do you, I guess I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to you're get defensive. the question. You're, yeah. You're yeah. Cause the person is automatically <laughs> defensive. Like, okay, mind your business. This is my, this is my life. Like you need to stay in your place. They automatically then, you know, now they're aggressive towards you because you're trying to help them. And this is the thing that and, and I hope that there are lots of people listening to this that are not in domestic situations that are just family members and people mm. who love the victim. You have to just get over it. They're gonna, mm. they're gonna fight you. They're gonna scream. They're gonna holler. It's like uh, me and Monica used to work with um, troubled teenagers. When you work with troubled teenagers, if one of them spit in your face, you don't get to get mad at it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause like, you know that that's what they do. So it's the same thing when you're dealing with an, an abuse victim. We don't know, like, we're not normal. We don't, like, reality is not, like, we went to court um, for a protective order. He had assaulted me. And the judge, so the, the, the judge asked the question. And when I answered the question, I kind of chuckled a little bit because I chuckle when I'm uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. so the lawyer goes, well, see, she's not scared of him. She, um, she's laughing. And the judge was like, don't, come on now, like that, you're not going to use that on me. Everybody knows that domestic violence survivors don't make sense. And it was like, duh, I don't make sense. Like you can't hold me to <laughs> you can't right. hold me to standards. I don't make sense. I was in a relationship with this person for this long. Obviously, there's something wrong with my vision. So the reality is I'm gonna kick back because that's my man. You know, like that's right. my family. I chose him and I'm living with him and I forgave him last night and I'm gonna forgive him tomorrow. And yes, you don't like you don't get to come for me. But you do exactly. get to come for me. You have to come for me because nobody yeah. else is going to come for me. I need you to come tell me that I'm tripping <laughs> and, mm-hmm. I, and that you and that you care because what he's telling me is nobody else cares about me. So I need you to come and be like, no, I do care about you and you can't stay in this because every time nobody came to save me, it just reconfirmed that nobody cared. That's which right. is what he had been telling me the whole time. That's right. So I have a question for the uh, as um the disclaimer that Ray said, you don't have to answer if you don't want. I'm just kind of curious. Did I know um, Jocelyn has family out of town and I think um, Antagony, you said yours is out of town as well. Did y'all have somebody to say, to come to you and say, and if I missed it, let me know. Um, come to you and say, hey, um, 
this kind of like an eye opener, like no. yeah, and yeah. Th- and like was your response? Uh, how was your response if they did that? So for me, I kept my abuse. It's people still to this day that don't know why my marriage ended. We, in my opinion, we put on a really, really great front. It was like, oh, they are so young. They are so good. They doing good. They, I mean, when I told people, when I finally start sharing my story with my close family and friends, they would just sit with their mouths open. Like, what? Like, like not you? him. Right. Not, not, him. not you. you. He was doing that. Yeah. Like, literally, like his family still, like members of his family. That, you know, I would get to babysit. You know, I was working in uh, in a correctional institution. So those hours is long and hard, okay? So I would drop my baby off to his cousin or I would drop my baby off here or, you know, because I got to get to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I can say, so my close family and friends didn't know, but being, working in a mental health realm, I do interact with a lot of individuals that, do have family and do have support. And I have been that person to say, hey, babe, you got to wake up. You got to wake up. And oh, okay, okay, okay. You got to keep trying to save your friends and your family for all of the people that are out there listening. Like if you truly care about your loved one, please bring it up to them. See the warning signs, understand the abuse and don't stop. I tell this, to my officers daily because they'll go in, you know, we'll have a domestic violence situation where they will actually drive the person with a bloody eye to the actual Highsville courthouse to do a protective order at two in the morning. They will put the, you know, put the person up in a hotel for the night so that they didn't have to go back to that same house. And then a week later, the officers be coming into the station or coming to town hall and say, you know that joker is back? It is so hard to leave. Mm-hmm. Our, 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 our justice system is not set up to really help victims. Um, it is so hard. So one thing that I will, the, the second thing I want to say to friends and family members is, don't judge them because you don't know you don't know the plight and what it's going to take to get out of a really bad situation um there's been many times where I was like okay yeah I know I gotta go but I had to get a plan and I had to be right and I had to stack money and I had to have a plan c and a plan d and a plan m I mean there were nights where I was just up journaling like all right so then if he go to California and he find me because he know where my mama live, then I'm going to go live with my brother in Compton. And then I, if that if he find me there, then I'm going I'm to go to my Soror house in Northwest D.C. He don't know where she live. Like, literally. Like, so it's a healing process. It's a, it's a, it's a process, baby, for the victim and for the family member. But what I can say is don't give up if you see it see something say something oh that's real because you could be waking that person up so that they can be empowered enough to grow wings and get enough courage to get out of a very dangerous situation i did have one friend that um (laughs) she was actually my mom's friend 
and me and her started to be cool. She she was 10 years younger than my mom and 10 years older than me. So we, you know, we clicked. And as soon as we started being friends, she was and we I, like I said, I grew up in church. So she'd be like, no, because my God, <laughs> my God does not do things like that to his people. And I would be like, look, <laughs> I'm in this situation. Like I don't really know <laughs> what you think you know, but my God put me in this situation clearly. And she would constantly just be like, look, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. And I just, I respected her opinion and I knew it was right, but it it wasn't enough to, it wasn't enough to make me move. You know what I mean? Like it, she, her opinion was just like, okay, well, when we talk, I'll just, I'll just listen to it. But it wasn't enough to do anything. Like I needed her not to be on the phone telling me, um, that I needed to leave. I needed her to be like at my door, knocking on my door, like, hello, come on, let's go. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that she could have ever known to do that because she wasn't actually in a situation like that. She just was telling me what was right. I think that one of the most messed up things for survivors is that the people that usually help you when you're a survivor or when you're a victim are people who have never been in an abusive situation. I have a counselor that I talk to monthly, at least twice a month. And I talked to her what I, about what I want to talk to her about. When I chose to heal, it was when I chose to heal. And I've been meeting with this lady for like over six or seven years. I talked to her about what's comfortable. Like I don't talk to her about the things that make me feel ashamed. I don't want to talk about those things. Now, normal counselors, this is what's going on. And um, you know, like this person is hiding this from me and I can pull it out. So you need people who really understand like this person is in that, like I used to, um, I would get myself together and, and look like, yes, I'm leaving. And then I would go and meet up with him at the park with the kids or something like that because he asked me to. Now I'm in my mind really done with him, but he's so sad and he wants to hang out with me and the kids. You know what I mean? So like, what's the harm in that? You know what I mean? So I would go and meet with him. And then maybe if he beat me up at the park, well, who was I going to tell? Because why was I even there? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like you need people who really understand what you're doing and like what kind of cycles you get caught up in. And then also, like you said, to not be judgmental because I'm all like, it's, it's embarrassing. Like how did I end up in a situation where I'm letting some man control me when I'm like, I don't get control. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm looking at you and this camera and your personality and I can just imagine all of the things that made him angry about your attitude and your hair and the way you, they don't like that. So I'm like, how am I this powerful bomb woman that's being controlled by this man? I'm not talking to anybody about that. I don't want to hear what you have to say. And I don't even know how I ended up here. And I'm just praying that this man is going to get fixed. So I don't have to ever tell anybody that I ended up in this situation. You know, mm -hmm. you need an accountable friend that's going to be like, yeah, no, I, I'm going to ask you every time. Like, is he still doing that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, is he still, do we need to, you know, like that's, and because most men or women, whoever the, the abusers are, they don't want to be confronted. Like if, if, if any of my family members would have really went to him and been like, listen, you do not get to abuse her anymore. He just would have stopped because <laughs> they're most of the time they're, they're cowards, but mm -hmm. they had it so well that there's no one that ever would ever approach them because they've alienated you from any type of support. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I'm comment on that because I've, those are some of the questions um that swirl in my head um being your close friend being close friends with other people being in certain situations myself I don't ever want to come off as so aggressive and abrasive that I that you don't want to 
be around me and now I'm alienated from you. And now I'm really worried and scared for you. And now I have to put up this wall and tell myself I don't care about you because you won't let me in because I stood up to you and tried to help you, you know, make a better choice. Um, and then I've also been on the side where I know what's wrong with that person is doing to you, but why am I going to say something if you letting it happen? Mm-hmm. And I think that I've talked to other people and that's what we've talked in groups um, behind people we love back and say, but why? And it was like, well, why don't he leave? Why don't she leave? Well, well if they like it, I love it. I'm not getting involved because like um, you were saying, Josh, we get all involved. We get ourselves potentially hurt or, 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 or ostracized or embarrassed in public. And then you right back with him next week. <laughs> like, I mm-hmm. am not going to put myself out there like that. A, I don't like confrontation. B, I cannot understand it. And so I kind of just don't do anything and just pray for you and say, I'll be an open door for you if you need me. But as far as taking that active stance and trying to get in your space and get in his face or her face, not doing it because I've seen people try to do that for people they love and it always they always end up hurt and then you always end up looking stupid because they back in it the next week and so I've seen it with my own mother and so I'm just like I, I refuse growing up seeing mm-hmm. that I refuse to to intervene because it's kind of like with my family members that have addiction like you I can't help you till you want help so I'm not gonna risk my life my family my future my freedom to try to help someone that doesn't appear to want help. So I agree with you, Monica, to a certain extent, um, because yes, I'm not asking people, you know, fam- family and friends that are aware of the abuse and see the signs of their loved one being abused. I don't want them getting involved, but just reiterate, you know, like, warning signs like it was so many signs like people would be like so how but how do you but how do you do that with a you, person you provide them resources say you know right. what but like if that I don't person, know what's going on but you may want to talk to somebody but if that um, if you've done that and or have attempt you've done that and it's been a constant you know here's some resources texting resources social media tagging resources you've done, you know, as much as you think you could have done to the point of just like, hey, this is what I see. This is what, you know, based off of conversations that we've had and things you've told me, this is what I see. And this is what I think you should do. And the person is like, no, like you need to mind your business. You need to stay out of my business. I don't want to talk to, you know, fall back. Well, if they say fall back, fall back. Like if they say it. But if yeah. they're like, yeah, just keep at it. I wish somebody would have said, you okay? I ain't seen you. I ain't seen you in a month of Sundays, girl. And you, that ain't like you. I wish somebody would have said that. But like, is I it, wish. But is it also that person, you know, the, of course, and, and what I'm talking about is a, is a current situation, but mm-hmm. a person saying, you know, fall back, but you have others around them who are like no you know you shouldn't fall back you should actually keep pressing it um and for me I'll say I am one and I'm like no if you tell me to fall back mind my business da 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 I'm gonna do that I'm not like to what Monica said if you Mm -hmm. I can't help if you don't want me to help you I can't put myself in any kind of predicament to where 
your spouse could potentially hurt me for jumping in or in, or interfering in what they're trying to do. But right. I can see the emo- I've seen and heard the emotional abuse. I've seen and heard the the psychological abuse. I mean, I don't see the physical. I don't see you know if it's sexual, but all of that other stuff is still there, and that's uh, abuse is abuse. Um, but if the person is like, you know, no, like I want you to fall back. I want you to mind your business, you know. And then you have other people who's reiterating the same thing to that person, and they still are like, well, no, I want all y'all to mind your business. Like all y'all stay out of my business. Don't ask me no questions. Um, I think that might- you have, you have, you have to be careful about tying together, um, like survivors or victims of domestic abuse, and like say for instance drugs, because. Mm-hmm. A, a survivor of domestic abuse wants help. <laughs> like nobody wants to be in a situation where they're being beat up. They might want to love the person that they chose to love, but nobody wants to be psychologically abused, mentally mm-hmm. abused, physically abused. Like nobody wants that. But, but they you don't, don't know, know it at some point. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, no, you don't know that. You. Right. So this is what I'm saying. Like, this is a general rule. Right. No one wants to be in an abusive relationship. Like you get into a relationship because you want to have companionship. You don't want abuse. Like that's not, no one wants that. Mm-hmm. Some people want to get high. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. some people want to drink. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like the way I feel when I drink or I, whatever. Like they like that. It's different. No one likes abuse. Mm-hmm. You just don't know that you don't deserve it. So it's, you know, like for me, it was, gosh, I'm so loud. I do wear them booty shorts. Like I, you know, he don't like it when I talk to that guy. I get it. Like, and, and I, and I'm always connected with these people he doesn't like. Like it was all these reasons that I felt like not I really deserved it, but kind of I did deserve it. But I didn't want to be abused. You see what I'm saying? So right. first of all, what you have to understand is that, and like, that's why I pointed out in the beginning that it's a difference between domestic violence and domestic abuse. No one wants right. to be abused the violence is what we see. And it's like, okay, that person got punched. That person is screaming and hollering. Like you see the, you see that, that negative activity, right? That's, that's, that's at the end. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like by the time you get to the point where you got punched, you've already been manipulated. You've already been lied to. Like you've already had all of the other things that happen that actually make you the victim. See, if if the person just came up to you and punched you, you would be like, what? (laughs) because you're crazy you punched me by the time they punch you you like oh it's something I did because he wouldn't have punched me like this man that I love would never do this to me unless there was something that I did so what the survivor is actually asking you to do is to not to get in the way because like I said the, the violence that's all at the end I don't want you to come standing between me and a punch. I don't like there were times when my husband locked me in the room and I would keep my family around because my family wasn't out of town. My family, I'm the oldest of my family. And so like they were all either teenagers or kids or, you know, like I kept them around, but they weren't able to really help me. Well, this one particular night, he locked me in my room and he said, if you go out, I'm just going to go downstairs and fight everybody in the house. And I had like my two little brothers that are like in ninth grade, my two older brothers who are both schizophrenic and bipolar. And I'm like, this crazy man is not going to go beat up my brothers. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So I stayed in the room, but no one wants that. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody wants that to happen to him. You just kind of, you choose what is the best situation for whatever is going on around you at the time. So 
you just it's you can't you can't connect like no one chooses abuse you mm. choose love but so mm. what the person that is the family member has to do is they have to say okay baby for real is this love you don't judge the person you don't hurt the person you don't tell them bad things about yourself you ask them just regular questions why mm. do you think he hit you why do you think that he has such a hard time with you leaving the house? Let's think about that. And by the time the person starts thinking about what's really going on, they will realize theirself. Like you said, I got to a point where I was like, I'm going to end up dead if I don't get out of here. Okay. Like that's the only way that you get away is if you wake up. So the what I wanted my family members to do was not to come in and stand up to him. I wanted my family members to come in and stand up to me. I wanted them to be like, for real. So we grew up like this and this is how we treat each other. And you think it's okay for him to do that to you. So mm -hmm. I could just think about it. Like that's, mm -hmm. <laughs> this isn't normal. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's not to point the blame at anybody. It's to understand like, what is this situation for real? And how do I prevent my family member from not knowing that I care enough about them for them to want to save themselves? Because a person that doesn't want to save themselves from an abusive relationship is a person who has already been convinced that the only thing that's good for them is that that person. That person. Mm -hmm. yep. it's, and yeah, nine times out of 10, it is that psychological. Mm -hmm. I think back to, um, um, so I'm a foster parent and um, I learned that one of my foster daughters was being sh strangled by her, you know, teen lover boyfriend. Like he was literally like choking her. And that was so hard for me because I was like, well, why would you, why would you want to stay? Mm -hmm. And she told me I never had love and he gives me love. And I'm like, well, what am I here for? Like, damn, like, am mm -hmm. I just nothing to you? And she was like, no, it's a different type of love. It's, um, it's a warm body when I feel uncertain about myself. Um, and so that foster child didn't know that I was abused. Um, I, I, I was stuck because it's like with her, um, I was like, you're so pretty. Like he's not the only one that can love you. But growing up in a home where she had to fend for herself in her life. All she wanted was time and attention, uh, but she didn't want it from me, her parent. She wanted it from a male because she didn't know who her father was. Um, and so, you know, fast forward and through the situation, um, it was a counselor at her school that saw the actual strength, you know, the, in, you know, it, it would happen at school. Um, and the counselor called me and told me, and I said, yeah, she shared that with me. And she said, well, why didn't you call us? I said, well, because she trusted me enough to not say something. Um, because I can't, I can't force her at 18 years old, still in high school. I can't force her to go down to the courthouse, mm -hmm. even though she was 18, she was still living in my home. I couldn't force her to do anything. I can only talk her through the process and being a victim myself 
of abuse and domestic violence. It was nothing I could do at that moment for her. She had to, I had to, so I would like watch movies with her. Like, that's why I like love Lifetime because like Lifetime saved my life. Um, <laughs> but I would like watch movies with her. Well, how do you feel about that? Like, well, what's going on? You know, like, well, yeah. do you think that this could ever happen to you? I mean, maybe it can. She had to come to the self-actualization that she wanted to start the process of starting to love herself. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, segueing into hope and healing, because this has been very dark for me. Um, I had to learn how to be okay with being alone. Mm -hmm. Um I wasn't okay with being alone when I was married. Um, and it took me going through um, two years to get out of a marriage. Oh, that Bama would lie and say he was still living in my home. I would be like almost to the divorce part. And he would be like, yeah, we just slept together last week. Like, dude, no, we didn't. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, I have not seen you. Please just let me go. Like, I don't want you no more. Like, please. You know, so I had to start being say, you know what? I'm okay with being my best friend. I'm okay with sleeping alone. I'm okay with who I am. I'm okay with my fat rolls. I'm okay with my imperfect skin. I'm okay with my uniquely curly hair. Like I had to be okay with every aspect of me. And that is very, very tough. That's mm -hmm. tough for a normal person that ain't never been through nothing. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I say it took me years to really come to the self-actualization that I had to be okay with me. Mm -hmm. yeah. And this, uh, I think to what, and you go, I'm gonna let Monica go jump in next. Um, you talked about the, although she was 18, but just a teenager, like we kind of overlook sometimes or not necessarily overlook it because I think they kind of hide it. They don't really speak up, but you know, the teenagers, you know, who are just now getting into liking boys, liking girls, what have you. And they don't, they're not knowledgeable of what domestic abuse could be or domestic violence is because they only think that, oh, it only happens in my house or it can only be a married couple or it can only be mom and dad or it can only, you know, they don't see or realize that, you know, if you're in a relationship or whatever you want to call it at your age, <laughs> If this person is doing any of this stuff to you, if they're abusing you, if they're calling you out your name, if they are doing something to you that you are not okay with, that that's not okay. And I think it, it's definitely important that, you know, we have these platforms and we have, you know, people, you know, that can speak to it and say, you know, this is what I went through. And now I can tell you that this is not okay at no age, because I think they only teenagers may see it as, oh, okay, that's a grown-up issue. No, you know, if your little boyfriend or your little girlfriend is, you know, putting his hands around your neck or smacking you because you won't let him see your phone and all of this other crazy stuff now. And then, you know, as parents, it's important for us to, like, like Jocelyn said, is not to be that person that jumps out there and goes off per se, like as a parent, as a mom of two girls, it's like, the mom in me is going to be like, you got me fucked up. <laughs> like what you won't do to my kids because yeah. I will fuck you up. But I've also learned over years and just being like you, Shamir, you know, the oldest, one of the oldest in my family 
to know that when you do that, the kids are scared to then go back to say something to you. So if I do jump out there and go off and go to the school or what have you, be ready to fight the boyfriend, the mom, the grandma, the brother, the whole family, <laughs> then that's going to stop my child from coming to me if something else was to happen. So mm-hmm. I think it's very important that, you know, as parents and then, you know, just as adults that we find a way to um, help the, the, the youth with understanding that it's not okay um, and then helping them to get out of those situations without making it worse for them. Mm-hmm. What was you going to say, Marnie? I wanted to piggyback on that. Um, in the schools now, they're definitely, they have some education about what dating um, abuse is, um, and they, they at least have literature and posters up about it, um, which I can think back to 20 years ago when I was in school, there was nothing like that available. So um, I might we may have been in situations we didn't even know. Um, a lot of it is also learned. Like I said, um, I grew up in a dysfunctional home with domestic abuse, and so maybe that's what I thought love was. And so when my boyfriend did that to me, I didn't know that that wasn't right or that I had a right to want better. Um, And I also really am scared to death about raising my two daughters because whereas I left toxic situations and I'm one of those, I am woman, hear me war, I'm so independent to a fault type of a female. And I really hope that I'm setting those examples for them of strength. I don't want them to so desperately desire that nuclear family that they just allow themselves to be in anything um, just to have that male presence that I'm not allowing for them because mommy can't get herself together and attract a very healthy man or whatever. So, amen, well, it scares, well, it scares, it scares you, you, me to death to be raising these two girls and think doing what I think is best but I could be also setting them up for failure. So you can't say that mommy can't get herself together and attract <laughs> a decent man. Cause that's the, and I think that's, that's the part that is so unfortunate about women who have been involved in this is you really do blame yourself. Like, it's really like, it's your fault. <laughs> like you attracted him, you brought him in, you accepted him, but we're women and women want to be with men unless they want to be with women. But like you want to be with people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's not, that's never a wrong thing. I think that what's important is that in this place, you know, we have kids that are either teenagers or going to be teenagers one day soon. Um, is to just remember that like, I know for me, I grew up in church, but I didn't grow, I didn't grow up understanding spirituality. And so like you can be abused physically, you can be abused mentally, you can be abused emotionally. Um, he had reached to like everything that I had financial, like all of that, but you can't really abuse somebody spiritual. Like you can't, mm-hmm. you can't take that thing away from them. And so when you understand that, like what you are doing is attracting something that is like you, that vibrates like you, that moves like you, that looks like you, sounds like you, then it's not, um, it's not about you not attracting the right thing or you being wrong or being something wrong with you, but you just won't be able to be around things that are not light, <laughs> you know? Touch on what Monica was saying because that's another reason why I stayed so long. Um, and mm-hmm. some of the abuse happened in front of my children. Um, still to this day, my eight-year-old who was um, two at the time, he recalls what he saw. Mm-hmm. Um to the T 
Um, he knows the room it happened in. He recalls um, where I ran to when my eye was punched vividly. And I was so concerned about how other people was so happy that I had got married and, you know, that I had the perfect American family. I was so concerned about right, having a nuclear family that it was like I was just holding on and praying that like something would happen to him or he would wake up and he would, you know, just get it together. You know, I don't think anybody gets married to get divorced. And so mm -hmm. for me, it was like, like, why? You know, like, why am I going through this? And I had to say, um, because we ended up splitting up for uh, quite some time. Um, and then I lost my job. And the first person I called, of course, was him. And I said, hey, like... I got laid off. I have no idea what I'm going to do. And that was actually after we took some time and I knew I was in an unhealthy situation. And I think he was starting to feel and understand, like, I don't want to do this to her no more or something. Like he like bumped his head maybe. And so we separated. Then I lost my job and I called him. And the first thing, you know, hot and bothered you know we already made a baby we still married we ended up having sex and procreating my second child and so then I found out that I was pregnant when I went you know lord willing I got another job um quickly it was like six weeks later and you know I worked one of them jobs where you had to get a physical so you know you take a little pp test and then you know they pull your little vitals and everything make sure you're good and, she, and the doctor came in and she said, Miss Rowe, I can't sign this form. I'm like, hey, what you about to tell me? I got cancer? She said, no, you're <laughs> pregnant. I said, whoa. <laughs> what you mean you can't sign my form? Like, I need you to sign my form. Like, I'm not going to keep this baby. And she was like, give it some thought, but I can't sign your form. And that was me like, okay, let me give this thing a try because I wanted my family. Now I'm blessed with another child, another opportunity to make it right, another opportunity to keep my family together and to live this great, happy, you know, lifestyle that everyone, you know, told me like, you're so lucky. He's, you know, he's so supportive of you. Yeah, but y'all know what the fuck I'm going through and behind these broken doors. So it was like, it was a lot. And then the abuse just got worse. Like mm -hmm. pregnant. It was like, it got, it got bad. It got real bad. Like we, he moved back in, you know, we were trying again and it was just like a dog. Like I can't do this no more. I was watching Lifetime and I was just like, yeah, I like I'm holding my belly I can't do this to another child. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you give someone that's either currently in this situation um, or that has recently, 
you know, became a survivor. Like, you know, I think we, we've all probably have had a friend or family member that has gone through domestic violence or domestic abuse, um, either been a abuser or the abusee. What advice would you give? I would tell people like, don't allow anyone to make you feel like you are less than or you know, what you feel in, or, or if you're trying to get out what's going on, if you're trying to tell someone that this is what I'm going through. Well, I, th- but, I think that, oh, I'm sorry. I no, 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 go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say that um, as far as advice, I think where I got messed up is, like I said, I was raised in church and I, and religion was a big deal. And so I was married, you know, and like when you get married, you kind of have to stay married <laughs> or you some in some way forfeit your place in heaven. I don't know. Anyway, I was so dead set on like maintaining that, that I didn't think about like the things that were really important. And I think that first, what we have to understand is that we are spiritual beings and that there is something for us to do spiritually, whatever it is that we're here for. So I know for a fact that my children, I was supposed to bring here and mm-hmm. I still struggle with whether or not all six of them were supposed to be his kids. I still am like, Lord, would you do that? I don't know. Like, did I do that to myself? I don't know. But when I got to the point where there was nothing left but death, my spirit man woke me up and it was time to get out of there. Mm -hmm. And so what I was saying earlier about like, not like they can't really access your spiritual connection. Like they can't do that. You, you want to, teach people and and remind people to like like there's a piece of you that will tell you what it is that you need to know like Mm -hmm. connect with that like you know that there are certain things that you just shouldn't have to deal with like you know that that's not normal you know when the sound is not like you just you know and so it's like encouraging people that you are like I felt like I was a wife first and then I was a mother and then I was me but really first I'm me I can't be a mother (laughs) you know what I'm saying unless I'm me and I definitely can't be a wife unless unless I'm successfully a mother and me. You know what I'm saying? So you have to know yourself. You have to value yourself. Like you can't let people determine who you like, what your worth is. And that's right. something that whether you are a victim or you are a survivor or you've never been in an abusive relationship or you're just a regular, like whatever your status is, you have to know who you are. Because if you don't know who you are, anybody can come and tell you anything. That's all domestic abuse is, is a person mm-hmm. coming in and saying to you, you're this, because I'm not your slave. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not here just for you. But that's what they tell you. They tell you that, that that you belong to me. So that's a lie. You know what I'm saying? Like you're telling me something that's not right about myself. And you have to know that if somebody's lying to you, they don't care about you. You know, what I, like if they're not, if they're not giving you truth, then that's not somebody that you want to be with anyway. But yeah. I can tell you that all day long. If you don't know that for yourself, it, it doesn't matter. So it's like the, the advice is get to know who you are. Like, Everything that my that my husband ever told me about myself was like he I mean he I, everything like I was a liar I was dumb I was ugly I, I mean all everything that you know like I I can't have kids right I got seven of them <laughs> you know what I'm saying like everything that he said was opposite what I was but when I started hearing people tell me who I really was it was like no no that sounds more like it I'm actually beautiful nope I'm smart I'm pretty sure pretty sure I'm smart you know like I had to my spirit man had to kind of be like jolted to say 
you know that he's lying to you. <laughs> like you know that none of these things are true. Um, but that took a while because I mean, he spent so much of his life telling me that, you know, so much of our energy, like so much of our time was spent getting to know all the things that, that were lies, <laughs> you know? Right. So you, you have to connect with your own spirit because you, you can come out of that easy. Mm-hmm. So. You were like in my whole brain. I, I guess we connected because <laughs> right. um, that was what I was going to say um, <laughs> is you have to believe that you are enough. Um, and that you are perfectly imperfect in God's image. And once any person that is going through any type of um, abusive situation realizes that they are enough, they can begin the realization process. My second piece of advice for everybody involved which is the victim, the abuser, or the loved one that is concerned about someone, everybody needs mental health support. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I say that because mental health support is very cliche, especially in the African-American and uh, Latinx community. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not something that we normally trend to go to. Um, not to say that other nationalities are better off or whatever, but that's not just one thing that black and brown people do is go seek help. Um, and I think that the same way that we understand that we have to go get an annual physical every year to make sure that everything is operating correctly, you know, um, you know, for women, we get our mammograms. For men, when you reach a certain age, you need your, you know, your rectal, you know, your your exam down there, and you know, all that stuff, colonoscopy and stuff. You you have to do those mental health checks, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's something that we constantly have to remind um, individuals that are black and brown is that the same way we check on our physical health, we have to check on and check in regarding our mental health because your mind and your body is truly connected. And Mm. through my healing process, I had to realize that when I started to heal with my mental health, going through all my trauma, my asthma went away. My anxiety got a little bit better. My sleep pattern had improved. It was because I was starting to heal. Um, I didn't have those aches and pains when I would go out walking anymore because I was in a better operational mindset. Mm. And so understanding how your spirit connects to your body, how it connects to your mind is something that I would um, encourage everyone involved regular people who ain't never been through no abuse, people who going through abuse, people who been through abuse, um, and the abusers themselves. Everybody needs a little bit of help and it don't hurt to talk about whatever you want to talk about too because we have a lot of traumas and a lot of things that affected us, especially African-American people. Now, we done been through a lot of generational stuff. Um, And it's okay to talk to somebody and it's okay to get help. So everybody need to get some help. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would just say keep the hope because um, as Josh was speaking about the trauma, I was saying to myself, damn, are we ever going to be healthy enough to be with each other then? We got to do all this work, you know, to get where we need to be. Um, but I think when you know better, you do better. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're committed to continuing to strive to improve and to strive for total health, um, that's all that I can ask of myself and of anyone that I love. Um, and I, I'm trying to make the commitment to be that safe space for anyone that I care about that's going through domestic abuse. Um, and I'm trying to be more understanding and not rush to judgment. Um, and I also am committed to doing the, the personal improvement work on myself to get to where I need to be um, so that I can have the type of love that I know I deserve. Um, and so that I can be healthy enough um, to be in a committed relationship with someone. Um, so that's my advice to anyone that's going through it, been through it, witnessing it, I'm scared to death of it. It's just never stop doing the work um, and get help. Do you got anything? Well, ladies, I just want to say, I, you, you ladies are amazing. Um, you are beautiful. And you are very strong. And I appreciate you all being able to sit and tell your story. So I hope that everybody who is listening takes it into, takes all of this wonderfulness in and they're actually hearing all the things that you guys are saying. So thank you again. You are amazing, amazing, amazing. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. You're going to make me cry. I promised myself I wasn't going to cry. You did a good Why job. Not? <laughs> Trust me, Phillies. Like G said, thank you, ladies, so much. Um, I know this is a topic that we can go on and on and on and on and on about. Um, we've definitely given a snippet, honestly, probably, and I'm and I'm pretty sure I can speak for you guys. It, this has just been a snippet of um, the history that we have you know, that we have in regards to domestic violence and domestic abuse, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, there, there is still um, people out there that need to hear the snippets that we've given them because just this little bit will help someone to actually wake up. Um, and that might just, just might be what they need. And so I definitely thank you. Thank you for sharing, for being open with sharing. Like I said, you know, I haven't been one that wanted, has been open with just, you know, sharing what happened, what's happened in the past, because to me, the past is the past, but it's eye opening and it it helps others. So, you know, it's something that is always good, but thank you again. if you guys wanted to leave your social media handle, if someone wanted to send you a private message, contact you, ask you any questions. Um, I think, you know, having that safe space, as Monica said, being someone's safe space and sometimes going to someone that you don't quite know might actually help some people too, because they probably, you know, a lot of times you feel like your family will um, judge you. And have a lot to say behind, you know, oh, no, girl, we love him. He wouldn't do that or she wouldn't do that. And da, 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 da. So um, I definitely feel like, you know, we could probably be of some assistance to someone if they have a question or what have you. So we'll go around. And if you want to drop your social media handle and let everyone know where they can find you. 
So my Instagram is um, C-H-I-M-E-R-E-S-E-V-Y-N, I believe, Shamir7. Also, I wanted to say, I don't know if this in or not, but I started a, a Google Meet support group. <laughs> and oh. as of right now, I haven't really had a whole lot of people come in because I haven't really been advertising it. <laughs> but I, that is what I feel like a lot of my healing is connected to um, really helping other people. And so group, but I have a support group that I've started for anybody who wants to, you know, just come in and talk. Um, awesome. on Wednesdays at 3.33 p.m. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. Yep, I definitely will make sure that that gets, all that information gets tagged into. And your your social media handle is Instagram? Um, I okay. have Instagram. I have Instagram and Facebook. I don't, I mean, I guess Instagram is the easier way to. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Joss, did you want to do, give yours? Yeah. So um, I am an open book and I have been through a whole heck of a lot. Um, so <laughs> I welcome anybody that's interested in just being a community leader or talking about their domestic um, abuse or just have a listening ear or interested in mental health or connecting your mind and your body, um, <laughs> please uh, DM me or send me, you know, get in contact with me on all social media platforms. It's Jocelyn underscore route. That's J-O-C-E-L-Y-N underscore route. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. Um, and that if you are in the Prince George's County area um, and you need uh, support, um, I have a lot of individuals. I know a lot of organizations that have helped me um, and I can connect you all to those organizations. And if you're a Bladensburg resident, because some of my residents tune in to Reality. Um, I just want you to know that our Bladensburg Police Department is here to support you. And we have a lot of resources for victims of domestic violence. Awesome. Money. So it's me with my ghetto fabulous handle. Oh my God. <laughs> At Sugar Bear, spelled S H O O G A B A R E. Um, and although I'm not an expert in this field, I love connecting with my, um, my people um, and sharing stories and finding strength in one another. So if you ever just want to talk it out, that's me. Awesome. So yeah, so make sure to all our listeners that you download and listen to the podcast. Also follow us on social media or follow us on Instagram um, at Realities. And that is R-A-I-A-L-I-T-I-E-S. Thank you again, everybody. Mm-hmm.